we've got the second holiday rerun for 2022 this week. This is the episode on appliances, which was originally episode 105 from back in June. It is one of the top two most popular episodes of this year. So thought we'd revisit it. We're on break this week, but we will be back next week with an all new episode. See you then and happy new year. Welcome to season four of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these hundred plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. This week, I'm chatting with Nick, Drew, and Matt from Appliance Educator. They have a podcast, they have a bunch of videos, they have a blog, very great resource. Appreciate their time. I'm so excited I got to talk to them and settle some ideas that have been in my mind anyway about appliances. There's so much to choose from. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, I design a lot of kitchens, so I think a lot about appliances, but I think about my own kitchen, of course, because it's all about me. So I'm getting a new kitchen and I'm not just magically getting it, I am planning it and then I have to buy the appliances. So I have some questions for you about, like, how do people choose appliances, generally speaking, but I also have more specific questions. I'm just going to start randomly, okay? There's no particular order. Go for it. Bring it on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're ready. We uh, We want our kitchen to be all electric and, or our whole house to be all electric. And so, should I choose a range or would it be better to get an induction cooktop with wall oven? Uh, I think if I could start off here, um, I'd want to look at, like if it were me, what I'm going to be using more often and kind of planning around that um, instead of, are you replacing existing appliances or is this all brand new from scratch? Like are you redesigning the whole kitchen, remodeling it? Yeah, the kitchen the kitchen will be re redesigned, I guess. So, yeah. Okay. So I look at what do you use more often? Are you going to use like a range more often or a wall oven? Because um, some people do tend to use one more than the other or both equally. And so if you will never use like an induction cooktop or a cooktop, you could do a wall oven possibly, but it's really dependent upon your space. I'd probably, you've probably done a ton of research in this. So I'd recommend somebody who's going out to getting their own appliances, doing some research into like finding a kitchen that they aspire to have and maybe planning their kitchen around that. Yeah, with electric, you have so many options because uh, induction's moving so much in into the um, North American market. You know, in Canada, it's been huge for a while, but you know, we're seeing induction top freestanding ranges. But you also have the luxury of you could do a drop in, and if you pair it with a wall oven, you could put the wall oven on custom cabinets right below and kind of make a faux range mm-hmm. or do that. So. Electricity gives you huge flexibility too because it's a lot easier to run those power connections than it is with your oh. traditional uh, gas line. So el- electricity just kind of really gives you the option to to look around. And I mean, induction is induction is just making huge strides in the current market. So there's so many more options available. 
Do you think I should wait a year to buy it, do you think? Or is induction like going to get that much better? I noticed even in the last year, um, there are more options than there were. I don't know that the technology will get better. I think more brands are offering it. I think everybody from yeah. your Gaganau to your GE to, you know, Z-Line to, I mean, you know, brands at every size and every price tier and every style really are offering an induction option now, whether you want that drop in and a wall oven gives some flexibility because, Hey, if you're really like, Hey, I want a certain type of, you know, convection, that's where disassociating the cooktop from the oven itself really gives you a lot of flexibility. You can pretty much place it anywhere you want, but we've seen in the last couple of years, I, I don't think up until a year or two ago, I had seen a freestanding induction range and that's becoming more and more common. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually just got a freestanding induction range with the electric oven. I love it. I don't, bake or roast or do a whole lot with the oven itself but the induction is great um very high power super fast for boiling water super fast for searing anything like that and um i think it's a great purchase my electric bill is like pretty uh pretty good with the induction as well with the power consumption meaning like not that high or yeah yeah correct no, yeah. not it's not as high as, you know, uh, coils or anything like that would be. Hey, I haven't introduced any of you. That was Nick, and before that was Drew. I don't know if you you guys all kind of look similar. Maybe you all sound the oh. same. We can just pretend it's one guy, but there are three people here, and you're Matt, and this is Matt. Yep, Hi. I'm Matt. I was <laughs> just going to add uh, something into that. With I have an induction drop-in on my countertop. Before I had it, I was very hesitant. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. I just had never used induction. And uh, I had an electric coils before, and I upgraded to induction. And I absolutely love it. Um, I cook with cast iron all the time. And, oh, okay, uh, you can use that on... I didn't realize that. It's one of the best, uh, actually, materials to use on induction. It almost heats up within seconds. I can almost mm. sear a steak in under a minute. Like, probably 20, wow. 10, 20 seconds. And it's, like, hot. Um, it's pretty insane how it works, because the... Induction stove cooked up uses an electromagnet basically to heat the iron in the cast iron. So cast iron is hands down the best um, cooking application to use on induction. That's probably a good good tip though in considering induction. I would say, you know, when you asked kind of about like the consideration, that's one thing to, to think about though with induction. What is your current cookware? Because it requires this iron. Yeah, You so, have to have iron-based cookware for induction to work. It can't heat non-iron yeah. so cooking steel, items. Cast so iron, cast iron. That's one small consideration for induction, yeah. but it's still probably yeah. less costly than running a new gas line. So <laughs> Yeah, and if you have a copper set of pots and pans and that's all you have, you're going to have to get another set. That's me. Very true. That's what I got for my wedding. But my wedding was 28 years ago, so I feel like I can give Time them to my upgrade. kids now, right? Because they're getting <laughs> yeah. their own apartments. There you go. Okay, now here's a crazy idea I had that my husband's not into, but I'm going to run it by you guys. I hope you'll say it's fine and I can do it. So, um, you know those smart ovens? Okay. Mm -hmm. What if I didn't get an oven and I just had a smart oven? Like, what do I cook that's that big that I need a whole big oven? I think that's a great question. That would kind of go back to, back to what I was saying with flexibility. If you look at the, if you're doing total custom countertop and you don't have the typical 30 inch or 36 inch cutout where a freestanding range goes and it's a countertop, you can, you can put, you know, any type of cooktop over and then put an, a wall oven in a cabinet, yeah. especially if you're going all electric, because again, you can just run that line through the back of the cabinet and you can, you could put whatever you want. So, you know, if you're like, boy, you know, 
I want to, I want to get kind of crazy. I'm going to do an induction cooktop over one of those, um, steam convection microwave, like multi oven options. You could do right. that. And in the same space, you'd have a 36 inch range. You could have four different types of cooking. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you could it, do that. So, cause it seems like those smart ovens are kind of like, we have a microwave drawer now that we've had for 13 years, I think, or, you know, it's been a while and he really likes the microwave drawer and I'm trying to convince him to get a smart oven because I feel like it does a lot more. And then if we had a smart oven, which can be just a conventional oven, regular oven, like a kind of like a toaster oven, right? We could just have that be our oven. Yeah. the I'd say the vast majority of like those smart ovens we've seen are pretty much doing everything that a, a previous one does, you know, so you're going to probably have two different burner elements internally, one top, one bottom, couple different types of convection there based on if the fans running in the back, probably like an air broil or an air fry too, if it's mm. electric like that. And yeah. I mean, at that point it really comes into, I'd say that's where you do your homework. Does it connect to an app? Does it have timer features? Does it have automatic like um, recipe memory, you know, things like favorites and timing and additional features? I think everybody wants to say their thing is smart these days. What that right, means right. Yeah, that is a changes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I'd look at, you know, cause we've seen stuff all the way from infrared and micro cameras where you can stream content of you cooking live and have the oven I tell you how that. much the internal. That. that seems a little you gimmicky know, though. Yeah. And you know, some people might want that and say, Hey, I'm going to take it to the next level with this. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some things might have something unique like steam injection kind of still niche for the North American market, but growing. And so really I'd, I'd say it's something to look at. I mean, there's, there's so many features at every price point that it's really hard to say that it's like, Oh, if you don't pay this much, you're not going to get this feature. True. And one of those things with all those features you got to remember is that it's new technology and that, you know, something happens, do I have somebody that can come and know what yeah, they're looking point. at and know how to fix this? Um, that's that's huge. I, like, yeah, how will I know though? You got to do, you got to call around and know who your service providers are. And, you know, you can ask the manufacturer customer service line, hey, do you guys have any service providers in my area? And they'll, they'll be able mm. to know. That is a really yeah, good to, point. I like to that. To add to that, you can, you can Google it too. A lot of times there are <clears throat> reports like uh, consumer reports on what brands are hard to service, which ones have mm -hmm. great aftermarket aftermarket service plans. Um, but to add to kind of what Nick was saying, you can uh, even call um, like service professionals or contractors or handymen and then ask them, hey, I'm looking to buy this brand. Have you heard of it? Do you have any input on that? Mm. People who work in appliances and repair all the time will probably know which brands they maintain the most, which ones are the hardest to repair. And that can also give you some insight. It's a little extra work. But that can save you in the long run. Another yeah. tip on that too. If you are like, hey, this this I think seems to be the brand I want, go to their website and look if they have their parts in stock. With some of the supply chain issues we've seen right mm -hmm. now, some some really reputable big brands don't have a lot of their parts available. And even if if you can't access it now, there's a good chance that, you know, six months from now if something happens and your servicer is waiting on a on a part. He could mm. be the best handyman in a war in the world. If he doesn't have the party needs to replace or fix it, you're right. going to be waiting without it. So it, you can do some um, due diligence as far as just checking on like supply chain as far as the parts before you make a purchase and kind of know, oh, okay, once I get this, I'll be set. If anything goes wrong, I'm, I'm covered. That's awesome. That is a very good point, especially with the supply chain stuff these days because um, you know how it is. It's but, hitting appliances really hard. Dishwashers yeah. and refrigerators. I mean, there's some huge brands that are on an 18 month wait time for but, availability. So it, 
it really helps. Yeah, it, it, yeah, huge, huge brands. I, I, I'd liken planning a kitchen, if, if I, in broad strokes, to planning a wedding. You're buying mm. a lot of things that's expensive. There's a lot of small decisions that go into the big moment. Yeah. So I like this analogy. Lo- I haven't heard it before. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of evenings on the couch with with your your co-decision maker, <laughs> whether that's your partner or your roommates <laughs> or whoever it might be, the person financing you making these choices, going from Pinterest to Google search, uh, Google search to reading reviews, all of that combined, like take take your time. Spend several months yeah. hemming and hawing over every last detail. You will be glad you did. I got married three months after I met my husband, though, so I'm not I'm not one for just sitting around planning. <laughs> that was a while with ago. that being as you mentioned, though, you know that you had your pots and pans for for twenty some years. Yeah, I'd that's say right. you got pretty good out. instincts. You know, you can trust yeah, your right. instincts. It works out. Make snap decisions that work out long term. <laughs> All right, so let's just say this might be too big of a question, but let's just say that you have um, a dream kitchen. Like, how do you make your choices if money were no object? What would be the appliances that you Ooh, would choose? For me personally, yeah. I if it's no object, I want to go kind of like minimalist modern, and I love the new trend. So I'd probably be looking at at some brands that are doing all built in. I'm going to do concrete and some exposed like raw iron. Let's. I love that we're moving away from kind of the traditional shiplap. So I mean. Concrete countertops, maybe some butcher block floating shelves, iron. Let's do, you know, a fancy brand like Gaggenau with like a bunch of built in across each wall in black stainless, super sleek and really kind of make it a statement place. I'm not I mean, I'm a bachelor, so I'm not really worried about like cooking, cooking for the kids. So So for me, it's going to be very like (laughs) aesthetic first. Impressive. Yes, exactly. I want it to just feel good. It, you know, to show it off to people. Exactly. It's a flex. Exactly. That, that I, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of flexing that, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it, right? Yeah, I was going to go the same thing. It's just I like that. I like that. Design. Like, what am I? Same boat as Drew here. I'm like, what's going to wow some people that come in with? Or, you know, I do like hosting and cooking for people. So it's got to be functional too. And I need my space to mm. like properly prep my stuff, cook my stuff, serve my stuff. So, that's kind of what I'm looking for when I'm designing my kitchen is utilization of space as well. So he was going to go for Gaggenau. What would you go for for appliances, Nick? Um, I'm pretty minimalist. I really like Z-Line stuff because it's sharp, clean lines. Uh, it's all stainless steel most for the most part. And then uh, it's price affordable too. So <laughs> I'm not breaking the bank really Z-line. when I get okay, it. Okay, I don't know that one. We'll have to look it up. And uh, just to kind of tie into both of those, for me, I'd be planning on how I use the kitchen. Um, I love hosting. I love making food for my guests. And I'd probably have like an open, a big open bar attached to the kitchen where I can have guests sit there while I have, you know, my domain in the kitchen. Mm. Um, I'm kind of an outlier in as far as like what appliances I'd want. I'm not really somebody who's like a brand loyalist where I have to have every single appliance be the exact same brand. I want them to aesthetically look the same or look, look, you know, like they add to it. But for me, I'd probably research each individual appliance and find which one works best. Because not... I mean, from what I've seen working with all these different appliances, some brands might put more work into these appliances and then these other appliances they might uh, rebrand or have another manufacturer make or they're so new they haven't worked out, you know, everything that goes on with them. So doing some research and also reading reviews. Um, but for me, yeah, I'd be planning my kitchen kind of on the aesthetic, but more as, as far as the functionality of it. And like what's the, the best flow of the kitchen and how I'm going to use it. Because it's kind of the heart of the house, the kitchen, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
so kind of related to that, it's, it's my understanding that a lot of manufacturers have almost the identical guts, and then they sell those guts to different manufacturers for their, they add their branding to it or their mm -hmm. look or whatever. Great true? point. Yeah. I was, I, yes, true. yes. I was, I was going to say when, when Matt kind of brought up his like different brands thing, you know, and, and some of this is really well known. I mean, a cafe is a GE. GE own, you know, Whirlpool is four, owns like some, the top four brands mm. in, the, in the dishwasher space. So mm -hmm. they may be coming out of some different manufacturers. Sometimes different features are coming from different manufacturers, but, and you know, some of this information is kind of obfuscated from the, the consumer. I mean, you could go down a wormhole of trying to find out who really built this. Is it a big deal? But that's where I'd say, look at the features you want. You know, yeah. Yeah. look at the features you want. And once you know the feature, you can kind of do your research around that because you may find that feature at a more a, a accommodating price point or in a finish you like more once you know mm -hmm. that, oh, what I'm really looking for is like the um, salt filter in a dishwasher versus the, the other type of component or a certain salt type of filter. like... Okay. Yeah, some of them, uh, they, uh, some dishwashers have like a chamber in them that actually use like a salt combination to actually like filter out the components of the water for, for sanitation, whereas others just are using a screen and hot water. So once you're kind okay. of like, oh, th you know, this wattage, this size, and then you look at some finishes, you can kind of research based on that and kind of break away from the typical, I mean, it's appliances. There's a lot of marketing. Bigger brands are getting put in your face because they've got better deals. But there's a little something for everybody out there if you kind of do your homework. So I think knowing, you know, kind of to Matt's point, if you're really like, this is what I want to do. I'm really into grilling. I'm really into searing. I'm really into, you know, whatever it may be. Impressing or people. My family's, yeah, exactly. That that that's for me. I mean, I I'm like, I want it to look good. I, I can make a peanut butter yeah, and jelly sandwich no if, if it impresses I mean, someone <laughs> who comes over. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good about myself. So. Once you kind of know the the features that you want and the other big one is just going to be size, right? Because not all of us can knock out a new countertop or put in new custom cabinets. But once you kind of have that, then like I said, back to wedding planning, search and search and search and search. And you can probably find every what night you're looking for months for. and months. <laughs> exactly. Nope. Until right. you're so sick that you just make a snap decision. <laughs> anyways. You just decide. I don't even care. Um, yeah. Okay, so one of those conversations that I have had repeatedly, and I would love to have you settle this, was is the Bosch 800 series French door refrigerator is like 3500 bucks, right? So it's a good refrigerator. We actually have one right now. We enjoy it, but we're moving and we're leaving it here. So then it looks like a, like a, a high-end built-in refrigerator. It would be about eight to $12,000. So my question is, what are we paying for for the extra six thousand plus dollars? <laughs> That's a great question. Great question. Um, Built-in appliances do tend to run price uh, higher price. I think some of that, if you do your homework on the internal components, is probably more from a target in the market of if you are building it in, you are spending the money on custom cabinets. Ultimately, mm -hmm. the project on your budget would be higher. Would be mm -hmm. my initial reaction. However refrigerator i would say look at what type of um uh the cooling like component is yeah. going to be what type of, what type of feature is in there um i mean bosch bosch does make a good product um but you know i would look at capacity does it have a flex drawer what are the smart features is there what type of water filter are we looking at 
And if you're kind of like, I'm locked in on a freestanding range, then I think, you know, it's interesting with built-in too, because I don't know how much brand matters in the sense that it's it's not going to be as aesthetically designed as freestanding because three of the sides you will never see. So I, I'd start feature-wise. I mean, yeah. For me, I would, I would kind of be speculating here a little bit just to add to Drew. But with built-ins, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say adds complications, but there's more to factor into the manufacturing and the the development of the product itself. With mm-hmm. the freestanding refrigerator, you have to have space for it to ventilate properly. With the built-in, there's not really that open space, so they have to plan for that. And I think it goes into the design and the parts that they use for it. So a lot of times the built-ins will have different parts. Um, and so that's where like looking at the compressors or the evaporators like in the refrigerator to see. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're compacting the uh, appliance itself. So you're making a smaller space, but you want to have the exact same features as you would yeah. a freestanding one. So Other, it's, that's where the money goes in. into that complexity. Yeah. And I'm kind of speculating there, but I think that's pretty accurate. As mm. to that. So do you think if we got the more expensive one, I feel like I would be sitting there for the next 20 years saying, I don't understand why this was twice as much as our old refrigerator or more three times as much as our old refrigerator yeah. for what? <laughs> I feel like are, I'm, are, there's a danger of me having that conversation every single day, at least with sure. myself. Are you asking the point blank question, is more expensive better? Well, is it? <laughs> Which, I mean, is, I, is it, I feel like it should be some, three times in better. In some cases, yes. And in some yeah. cases, no. I think it's right. a lot like buying a car. Sure. You, but you in know, this case, and, is and, it? And, I would say no. Uh, mm, Just it, to let you know where I stand. Say. I would kind of stand there with you. Um, I've used to be the mindset, is it more expensive? It has to be better. <laughs> Over the years, right. that's kind of that's come to bite me in the butt. Yeah, and so well, I found out where just because you spend more money on something, it doesn't necessarily mean it is better. So I do right. some research into that. Mm-hmm. And if you are right now thinking you might have that thought later on, you don't want to have buyers. I'm remorse. sure I'm going to have that thought. I'm I already have buyers remorse, and I haven't even bought <laughs> sure. it. <laughs> sure, not sure. to be. So that um, might be. I mean, I don't mean to be. There may be a, an appliance manufacturer out there that was about to sponsor me, and now I've blown it because I, I am saying <laughs> yes. don't buy the built-in. Refrigerator, but it just seems it's just like it's because it's part of a higher end kitchen, they are charging mm-hmm. that much more for it. It could be too that they don't make as much of them, and so their margins are a lot smaller on making profit. True. All right, well, that's because it is a smaller market, so it's more niche too. So they might be that's, charging more just to make money back on them. That's a better way of looking at it. That doesn't have to make me so cynical, I guess. <laughs> well, okay, I guess we might stick with our Bosch that just get another one of those. I kind of like the middle drawer that it has. And I also like that it yeah. has French doors instead of, we were thinking of a 30 inch column, but then that's a bigger door. And so there's not much space in the kitchen. So do I want a six inch wider refrigerator or a 30 inch door on a smaller refrigerator? I don't know. And I would check the internal capacity too, because yeah. not every 36 inch fridge has the same amount of space inside. So that's always a good mm. consideration to make. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the shelving, the flex drawer, the cubic feet of space you'll have in there. Because mm-hmm. every manufacturer will be different depending on the, the flex drawer. Size. Is that the middle drawer? Yeah. Is yeah. The, flex drawers? It, it usually the temperature adjusts. So you, a lot of brands are doing this these days in freestanding and built in where it's uh, you can f- you can freeze. You can do a colder temperature than the main fridge cavity or you can do, you know, kind of set it like a crisper. So it allows you to kind of like do a little bit of um, climate control in a specialized drawer. Nice. In the middle of the fridge. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Back when I was a kid, it seemed like, or maybe it was just all the people I hung out with, there was just a refrigerator and a freezer. And that was it. Like, forget it. Your stuff would, mm-hmm. it's either cold or it's rotten or it's not or whatever. It's too cold. It's frozen. 
it's amazing to me how much these things have advanced. Yeah, I uh, real quick, and then I'll let you go. I have a fridge in my garage that was built in the seventies. That is just a freezer and a fridge, and it still yeah. looks perfect. I'll go in there and clean there out the components. That's, that's probably the one my but... neighbors had when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. What do you think are the most reliable and well built washers and dryers? Do you go outside the kitchen Ooh, and washers and dryers? Or? That's a good question. I'll go ahead and take a stab at this one. For that kind of stuff, I wouldn't. I would stay away from manufacturers that are more of a tech based company and that have just stepped into this game. So like, like an LG or Samsung, they're, they're not known for appliances for as long as somebody like a Maytag or Whirlpool or something like that, who has, mm -hmm. you know, trusted systems and, you know, has repair people that have been working on their brands for decades. Um, that's my input on that. And so something like a Whirlpool, some, a brand that's been around, Maytag's really good for uh, washer and dryer stuff, but, yeah, that's that's my opinion on that one. No, okay. that's a great point, Nick. Um, because one thing just for everyone out there to consider, if if you were to look at uh, based on market share, what are the largest brands in uh, home appliances now? Larger home appliances, it's LG and Samsung, consumer electronics conglomerates. What does that mean? They're putting all these features and things because they have armies of engineers who've been working on screen displays and circuit boards for yeah. decades before they started making washing machines and refrigerators. So they're looking at how to integrate core products into those. But to Nick's point as well, I just moved into a new home over the last year. Part of the negotiation was I got the washer and dryer thrown in. It's a 2021 Maytag. I love them. They work mm. phenomenally well. Uh, easy to maintain, you know, uh, I mean, just, I've, I've had a fabulous experience with them. So it, uh, high, high marks on the Maytag. Okay. Was, was that the one who had the advertisement with the guy, the repairman who was taking naps all the time? Cause nobody needed him. Who was, who, which one? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably yeah, before you were so. alive too. The, with the blue suit and the like, yeah, kind of, yeah. Is the, hat? Maytag, the Maytag maybe, maybe outfit almost. Yeah. yeah. Was that him? Maytag? So that yep. says something yep. right there. I know that wasn't really real life, but so were you gonna were you gonna say anything about those dryers and washers, Matt? I don't really have any much to add to that. I kind of agree with them. Um, I've worked on quite a few, and like to see how a dryer actually works is pretty interesting. Matt's got a great Matt. You have a great uh, dryer story, oh, actually. Yeah. So when I first moved out of my parents' house, I was living um, in an apartment. Well, it was, it was a duplex, so I had the top floor. And um, the dryer was accumulating water. So when I'd pull out the lint trap, there was water in the lint trap because it mm. wasn't draining the water properly. And it was in a house that was built in 1919. So I called the landlord and I was like, hey, the dryer I think is broken. Something's going on. And so she showed up with a ladder and caulking. And I was like, well, the dryer, the dryer's not like draining the water. It's like caught in there. And she's like, well, because the, the dryer vent went straight up through the roof and out. And the house was built in 1919. In the winter... It, she was saying it would build condensation on the dryer vent and the condensation would run back down and condense into the dryer itself. So her plan was to go up there in the crawl space attic and then just put caulking all around the tubing up there. So she did that and I didn't think it was going to work and of course it didn't. So I called her back and she just said, I'll put more caulking on there, but I'm not sure what else it'll do. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going to have to figure this out myself because I can't keep drying my clothes and, you know, four times and have not be dry. So I just Googled, did a Google search. And I actually ended up pulling the dryer out away from the wall, emptied probably a gallon of water from the tubing um, and the dryer itself, and I cleaned out a couple pounds of lint that were just stuck in there. And if oh. there wasn't that, if the water wasn't stuck in there, a fire could have started with how much lint was in there. But it was all Ooh. soaked in water. And so, but I learned also how the 
when I was pulling it apart, because I had to get into the actual lint trap beneath the barrel of the dryer, um, I found out how it actually works with like, the belt and everything. And it's actually not as complex as you'd think it was. Um, not speaking to like a Maytag or one that's brand new with all the gadgets. This was a pretty old uh, like it was dryer. like a 1919 so, um, dryer. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens a, a lot, though. But yeah. but on that, that's why you know once every year, two years, new a new duct. Go in there, clean yep. that out. Honestly, mm-hmm. you'll get you'll get a few more years of life out of out of a uh, let's call it a classic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can get a few more years of life because that's what happens. Everybody's like, man, I got this dryer; it was working great. Now I have to dry my clothes three times to get them dry. You can do a very, very cheap, accessible mm-hmm. upgrade. Clean it out, put new, put a new duct on it, and honestly, you can probably get it. Yeah. I mean, five to ten more years out of most dish or clothes dryers out with that. To add to that, there are a lot. There's a lot of maintenance you can do on every appliance you own that will keep its life a lot longer. Like the refrigerators, cleaning out the condensers and actually cleaning out the filters in there. A lot of people don't know that twice a year you should be cleaning out not just the inside of the fridge but all the components behind the fridge as well inside um, of the fridge yeah like the the was it the condenser oh, I thought you meant the like compressor. cleaning the fridge itself like the gross stuff that's in should, there should do that too. Should, yeah twice that should that. be done twice, yeah twice a year you say okay i'll put that on my but twice fridge. a year the like the actual components like the, oh, the working oh. mechanic the mechanisms of the the fridge can be cleaned out um, we're actually going to be making a video on our channel for that because that's something oh. that could just make your fridge last 10 times longer yeah, because um, they collect dust no and stuff like there. I didn't either until we started researching it, and like that's huh. an easy way that somebody can do something for free to make their appliances last a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought auto clean or self cleaning ovens just clean themselves like on their <laughs> very own. So, which is the appliance brand or brands that you think is doing the most in terms of energy efficiency and sustainability? That's a good question. Oh, that that's a tough one because. I think it kind of depends on on where you land with things like carbon footprint offsetting and also right. fuel type. Yeah, it's uh, not well, the easiest question because there are lots of components to that, right? Yeah, Angles. you know, do they use recycled materials in their packaging? Do they, you know, electricity is fantastic, but if the electricity you're pulling off the grid is burning it from a coal plant, is it the same, you know, putting the same stuff into the atmosphere that we're thinking of why we're switching from gas cars to electric cars? Um, but I think there's a lot of great places to look into that. I I say that you really have to be honest with yourself as far as being a conscionable shopper and saying, like, what does this mean to me? Um, because I think, too, I think for huge corporations, it's going to be incredibly hard. I think... You know, uh, a smaller brand that's really coming up, uh, Z-Line, they, um, they just recently talked about it. But I also think it's like, where are these companies doing it? If, if someone's message was just this year, look, we love the environment. And then you can, they've been around for 100 years and they've never said a peep about it. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, they got, a, they got a long road to hose. So as far as other companies making commitments, you know, there are some brands out there. I, I mentioned Z-Line, but also like Wolf and, and some other brands who have made some commitments to, to where they're headed. So, you know, if you're that type of conscionable shopper and you really care, there's a lot of homework. Um, to do out there. And I would say, look for some third party opinion on that too, because those independents can really verify who's actually doing what. Yeah. And all these big brands have corporate or donations and partners that they work with on the 501c3 level and stuff. So see if they're working with a charity that you appreciate and maybe that's what you go with and how you pick them. Yeah. Good point. Um, my husband thinks that Mila, is that how you pronounce it? Mila? Mila. 
Mele? I think so, yeah. Mele. Mele, yeah. Right. I, there's a lot of mixtures out there. I'd say Mele. no one should feel bad about Mele. how they say that. Yeah. Mele. Yeah. Okay. Mele. Well, so yeah. my husband's under the impression that Mele is the best dishwasher out there. Okay. Agree mm. or disagree? I wouldn't say best. I mean, it's a high, it's pretty quality, but um, if I was going to go with a dishwasher, I mean, Bosch is an outstanding dishwasher. That's probably the top yeah. of the market, in my opinion. Um, I mean, again, just you know, the, best. What does best mean? Is it like impressive? Is it yeah, I mean, sustainable? It's, it's what you is consider best. I mean, like what's, is it, yeah, what are we looking at? That's what I'm looking for in a dishwasher is quiet, um, something that I know is going to work for a long time and isn't going to have a whole bunch of bells and whistles, but just gets the job done. Um, and that's that's Bosch for me. Yeah, um, I actually agree with that because uh, Bosch has a because I've done a lot of research and like we've done some reviewers and products um, from what I've seen too. Bosch is a very quiet dishwasher and very efficient and they have tons and tons of reviews. Um, and so if you're looking out there, that is what you brought up a great point too, is what makes it the best. And I think it's really your, uh, what you're looking for, for it to achieve. And so for me, I want a quiet dishwasher that can work while I'm still doing stuff in the kitchen. So it's not like it's taking center stage with the noise it creates while I'm doing my dishes or, mm -hmm. you know, cooking and stuff or entertaining. Yeah. But also something that is efficient and something that lasts a long time too. And so longevity is something you want to look for. And so I think the best dishwasher is one that operates the quietest and has the best longevity. Okay. Um, and from what I've seen, Bosch is one of the best ones and they're sold almost all over the place too. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of uh, potentially fix it people. There's a mm -hmm. different word for that. Appliance repair people. <laughs> yeah. Repairmen, handyman. Repairmen. Yeah. They're great to repair ask people. too. Yeah. I would say, you know, whether it's the guy at your local, you know, big box store or there's a brick and mortar, if you gave him a call and said, man, I'm looking at this melee, it's awesome. What have you heard about it? You know, kind of circle back on some of the stuff the guys say. That's where, you know, how does it compare to the Bosch? And, and you know, kind of knowing the the standards and who's like representing the space well and doing a comparison, that's where they'll let you know of like, oh, I haven't sold too many, but, you know, I've never heard someone come back with a complaint or, oh gosh, this part on it goes out all the time. Like you'll get a lot of that good anecdotal information by talking to people in the space and it's it's good yeah. to know what the standards are so yeah okay yeah and how you define best of course as, as i just yeah. mentioned so we talked about induction earlier on and i meant to ask you at the time like who's since there are a lot of different options right now who do you think the best brand is now in terms of reliability and like build quality and that sort of thing should uh, we, we stick I'll, with people who've been doing this. a long time or what yeah, so uh, actually every towards the end of the year, every year we do a top five of uh, appliance brands that we, for different reasons and different um, why we figure like there's best quality, best looking, um, best affordable, you know, entry level kind of things. Uh, you know, a lot of these parts are made by a third party and they're put together by the manufacturer. So it's a lot of the same parts. It's who's putting all those parts together for you in the factory is that factory a, a good factory that makes reliable stuff and uh yeah that's that's kind of a, a big push is where is it being made how is it being made because it's a lot of the same parts mm. all right i could talk about this forever but it's already been like beyond mm. when i should be hanging <laughs> up but so sure, sure. tell me about your like where can people see your videos and read your reviews and all the rest of it. 
Yeah, Drew, you wanna? Yeah, we'll just go down the chain. Yeah, um, I'll leave. Uh, so I normally host the Appliance Educator podcast, which you can find on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Uh, each uh, every two weeks, we've got a new episode where Nick and I kind of dive into everything from uh, doing full remodels, DIY review projects, you know, celebrity chefs, food industry insight, pretty much anything and everything as it relates to DIY and the home and projects. So you can find that there, um, comes out every other Friday on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Yeah. And then beyond that, um, you can find us on applianceeducator.com or YouTube search appliance educator. Uh, we have a YouTube channel there that's been growing and we try to put a video out every week and, um, it's, pretty fun for us. We try to keep it fun and interesting and knowledgeable so people can learn from it. Good combination. And then, yeah, and then on social media as well, our Instagram, our uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, get any social media, TikTok, we're on TikTok now. So um, yeah, and a lot of that's more of a lighthearted stuff of what we're doing on behind the scenes or just some, we, we have a fun segment called DIY, did you do that? So uh, <laughs> go ahead and check us out on all those platforms that add a appliance educator. And again, if you like our merch, we have it on the website as well. Merch. I love merch. Okay. Well, we'll just <laughs> definitely check that out. I guess that's it. I guess in the end, I'm going, I'm going to go, well, he's going to listen to this episode, but I'm going to tell my husband that you said we should get a um, induction cooktop with just a smart oven, a Bosch freestanding refrigerator. And I guess I can choose if he wants them. If he wants that dishwasher, he wants. I'm, I'm gonna throw that in. Yeah. There you go. Me, nice. You gotta make some concessions. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it when he wants, because why not? All right. Perfect. Well, awesome. um, <laughs> I'll send you pictures when it's all done. It won't be done for We'd years. Love to and see I, them. I guess it's gonna take me like 18 months even to get that refrigerator. Yeah, you know, find out what you want and try to order it now. Some brands yeah. have stuff in stock, but I mean, it's it's yeah. been pretty notorious for the last two years that dishwasher and refrigerator especially, like there are brands that are happy to put you on a 16-month waiting list. Yeah. And by that point, most brands will probably be introducing a new SKU in that space. Yeah. Right. So what's great is you can get on a waiting list to be outmoded the day your product is ready. <laughs> um, yep, awesome. Yeah. Good times we're living in. No, you know, there are worse problems. Yep, certainly. Thank you for listening. And thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time. And I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy.